Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. I went to Texas Tech University whenever I graduated from high school. I went there for, for a little while, and, and um, I was majoring in wildlife biology. And in my first wildlife biology class, I was sitting there, and I was sitting close to the back. And the professor gets up there, and he says, hey... Where's everybody from? He said, I want, you know, I want everybody because we're going to, we're going to get to know everybody here. You know, as a biologist, you got to work with people and everything like that. And so I want everybody to state your name and where you're from. And so I was sitting close to the back. So, you know, of course, everybody has to turn around whenever you stand up and all of that good stuff. And it got back to me. And I remember seeing this one fella. His name was Chris. And uh, we ended up being really, really good buddies. But oh, Chris, man, when y'all think about Texas, I know you, I know my accent is bad and, and all of that, but when y'all, if you want to stereotype Texas, this was Chris Doremus. He was tall cowboy, probably 6'1 or something like that. He was about as big around as my pinky, stuck his hat straight up in the air, and his lips stuck out further than he was tall with Copenhagen, and his boots were up to here, up to here. And he walked around, and he talked like this, just, oh man, how y'all do, you know. It was just the quintessential, stereotypical Texas cowboy. He was uh, from uh, close to Bernie, Texas, and uh, down by San Antonio. And so anyway, I didn't know him at the time, but I seen him when he come in. I thought, yeah, some cowboys in here. And so anyway, I'm sitting there, and it got to me, and the uh, professor said, okay, sir, who are you and where are you from? I said, I'm Kevin Weatherby. I'm from... Uh, right outside of Big Lake, Texas on the Rocker B Ranch. And when I said Rocker B Ranch, this tall cowboy with this taco hat on, boy, he swung around and he looked at me. I thought, wow, I wonder what that was about. And after class was over, Chris walked up and he's like, you're from the Rocker B? And I was like, yeah, of course, Rocker B is really big. I mean, you know, it's 176,000 acres and, you know, it's big old place and kind of famous in, in Texas. And he's like, man, I would love to be able to work on a ranch like that, just to have your own line camp, get up every morning and saddle and, and go out and everything. He said, because where I'm from around San Antonio, San Antonio's growing so much that, you know, ranches are measured in acres, not, uh, not sections not square miles. He said, what is it like to, to gather one of those big uh, big old pastures full of brush and everything like that? He said, how do y'all do that? Because when we gather cattle, we get on our four-wheelers and ride out there and get on the other side of them and push them to the pen. And I said, well, there ain't no four-wheelers out here. There's four feet. Climb on top of it with a saddle. And I said, but you know what? Really, all it is to gather in those big old pastures is filling a hole. I said, you know, the wagon boss, you're, you're going out, and the wagon boss will drop you off one after another after another. You know who's on your right, you know who's on your left, and you stay in the middle and don't let anything get behind you. Push everything forward or push it to the inside, whatever the deal you're doing. But the whole deal is just filling a hole. He said, man, I wish I could do that. And I said, well, why don't you? He said, well, what do, I, what do you mean? I said, well, go get your job on Big O' Ranch. He's like, man, that would be a dream come true. And I said, well, the only thing standing between you and your dream is probably just fear letting go of worldly things, because if you go get that ranch job, you're going to make about $700 a month, work nine days a week. He said, man, he said, it's, but, but, the, but the opportunities, and he just went on and on and on and on and on. But you know, it really is as simple as that. Fill a hole. You got a guy over here by this wall, you got, 
guy over here by Castle Rock and your area's in the middle. I mean, that, that's, that's what it is. And you just go from side to side, checking on this fella and getting on this fella, making sure you don't get too far ahead, making sure you don't get too far behind. It doesn't matter if you're working cattle in Texas or Colorado or, or Montana or Australia. I mean, gathering cattle is pretty much the same thing. You fill a hole, don't let anything behind you. Stay between the guys on your left and right. But before you can fill a hole, you got to be invited onto the outfit. You got to get hired onto the outfit. You can't just show up and get out there, you'll get run off. You got to know what you're doing. And in Romans 10, 13 through 15, the Apostle Paul kind of gives us some of that of, of how we do that, how we get signed on to an outfit, how we can go work for the greatest outfit ever. Now, just for clarification purposes and just so that, uh, so that you can understand it, I'm going to be reading out of the simplified cowboy version and then we'll get to the real thing. A little bit later. The Simplified Cowboy Version of Romans 10, 13 through 15 says this. Because everyone that signs on to God's outfit and rides for the brand will be saved. Hear that? Because everyone that signs on to God's outfit and rides for that brand will be saved. But how can they ride for the brand if they don't believe in it? And how can they hire on to this outfit if they don't even know it exists? And how can they hear about it unless someone tells them? And how can someone tell them unless they're sent to do it? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. The first thing Paul tells us is, if a person is to be saved, they got to ride for the brand. Folks, there is no back door. There is no sideways around this way. You can't sneak under the fence like a coyote. There is only one way to heaven, and that is faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. No ifs, no ands, no buts, no nothing. You can't climb over the gate. You can't have somebody hold the fence down and pull it up like this and squeeze through. It don't matter how good you are. It don't matter how sorry you are. The only thing that matters is if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not because Kevin Weatherby said it, because that's what the Lord said through the Apostle Paul. Because everyone that signs on to God's outfit and rides for the brand will be saved. If a, if a person is to be saved, you've got to ride for the brand. You've got to sign up. You've got to be willing to give everything up and go ride. Because there's a lot of people that say, uh, oh man, you know, I'd, I'd love to go work on a big outfit like that, but you know what? Most people won't. They're too, they're, they're, they're too consumed with the world. They, they, their desires are money and this and that and this and that. They don't want to shuck all that. They don't want to leave all that behind. They don't want to go work for the greatest boss that ever existed. They just want to hang out and do things for themselves. If a person is to be saved, they got to ride for the brand. Now, I was told a couple of weeks ago, and I don't think they meant it bad. I tried not to take it bad, but I heard it again this morning. A couple of weeks ago, a guy said, you know what, I've, been, I've really enjoyed these sermons, but been a little more hellfire and brimstone. And then a lady told me this morning, she said, I invited somebody to church, but they said, y'all's just a bunch of holy rollers. You know what, guys? It ain't about hellfire and brimstone. And it ain't about holy rollers. It's about saddling up and riding for the best boss, the best brand, the best outfit that can ever, that was ever invented, that it ever existed. And you know what? I'm not trying to scare nobody into heaven. I'm trying to invite you to a life of, of service that, you know that, that part in you that you always felt like you were meant for something more? I'm telling you what that more is. And you know what? Unless you saddle up and ride for this outfit, that's the only way, that narrow gate. It's the only way. So I'm not trying to do hellfire and brimstone. I'm not trying to be a holy roller. I'm trying 
to make you be everything that you know that you want to be. And it's only through that gate that you can become that. No job out there can do it for you. No amount of money can do it with you. No person can do it for you. No status status symbol. No uh, political affiliation. Nothing matters except what's inside that narrow gate. And it is the only thing that will fulfill you. It is the only thing that will fill that hole that's in your life. I guarantee you. I was talking to my good buddy Glenn Hart one day. He said, you know what? He said, my only desire is to tell people about Jesus Christ because I'm ashamed that... He didn't say ashamed. He said, I just wish I would have done it earlier in my life than later. Does that make sense? Talk to any of these old-timers, and I, and I mean that in the, in the most wisest way possible. Talk to some of these young, young fellas. Once you come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your life will never be the same. If a person is to be saved, they've got to ride for the brand. And if you're going to ride for the brand, you've got to know about it. You, nobody has an excuse anymore. I've given you the answer. God gave you the answer in His Son. Some of you are smart enough that you don't have to hit rock bottom before you'll come to know Jesus Christ. Some of you is at that rock bottom, and it's time. If you're going to ride for the brand, you've got to know about it. You've got to know where it is. You've been told where it is. You've been given the directions. And it ain't, it ain't hard, but it's the hardest and easiest thing that you'll ever do in your life. You just got to give everything up and go ride for Him. It really is that simple. Number three, if you're going to know about it, then that means that someone else that rides for that brand told you about it. Somebody told you about it. You know, isn't it amazing how Jesus Christ... Think about this right here. Did Jesus Christ start Him a big old mega church there in Jerusalem? Nope. Did Jesus Christ have Him an internet ministry and a radio ministry and write a couple of best-selling books and have some book signings down at the Barnes and Nobles? Nope, He didn't. Jesus took 12 sorry fellas, a bunch of fishermen, some tax collectors, and even a murderer later on, and He made them His disciples, and He said, you know what, come with me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then before He left, He entrusted them, He's like, now go tell everybody about what I've told you. (laughs) Now, I guarantee you, you want to talk about it had to be God? He entrusted 12 guys to go and spread the Word of God all over the world. Well, they told a few people, and those people saddled up. And then those people went and told some others, and those people saddled up. And that's why you're here today, is because somebody told you about Jesus Christ. If someone has told you, then that means the boss sent them to tell you. You know what? I hate the word coincidence. There is no such thing as coincidence. Okay, If you hear about Jesus Christ, it's because somebody laid the Holy Spirit on someone else to tell them, hey, man, tell them about Jesus. Invite them to church. Tell them you'll pray for them. Ask them if they're okay. God sends all of us as believers out there. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells me that my job, my job, is to train people to go out and spread the Word of God. But how backwards do we have that these days that they think it's the preacher's job to go tell people about Jesus Christ? No, what I do is I train people to go out and tell them about Jesus. And we do it in really simple ways, and I've already told you a couple of different things. You can just ask somebody if if they're okay. You can live a life of happiness, of writing for Him, of putting all of your faith and trust. You can let your light shine. There are thousands of ways with only one end outcome, and that's spreading the gospel. And we've all got a hole to fill in this gathering to do that. You know, I'm not going to ask you all to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. 
Last week, I invited about 15 people up here on this stage, and I thanked them. And Sandy, it meant so much to me this morning when Sandy Yoker came up. She said, you know, last week you thanked a bunch of people. She gave me the biggest hug ever, and she said, thank you for coming up here. And I tell you what, I've got a confession to make. I didn't want to come up here. I didn't. I had my own ranch. I was raising my kids on where my dad was raised. Generational ranch. Had our own house out there, raising the kids. I was a pastor and had two full-time jobs from home, knocking down about 150 grand a year. And then God told me, he said, would you leave it all behind for me? I was like, well, do I have to? He said, yeah. Can I think about it? Yeah, but it's not going to change. Dang it. So I guarantee you, you know, and, and I don't mean that ugly, but I didn't want to come up here. But boy, am I glad I did. Because just on the other side of that fear, because it had nothing to do with Kiowa, Colorado. It had to do with my fear of leaving everything behind, leaving the family ranch, all of my dreams. I had prayed, God, let me raise my kids in a Christian home on my ranch so that they will know where they come from. And God said, where they come from is me. Can you teach your children to follow me by giving up everything that you thought you wanted and do what I tell you to do? And I struggled with it, but I said, yes, sir. Because that's what a cowboy does. When the boss comes up and tells him something, it don't matter if he tells you to go fix fence or go do this or go do that or go do this, especially the boss that we work for, you say, yes, sir, and you go do it. Because that's the way that you're supposed to. That's the cowboy way. To have courage to do what he tells you to do. To be honest, not only with him, but to be honest with yourself that whenever you saddled up for this ride, that you said that you would do what you, that God told you to do, that you would go where he said to go, that you would say what he said to say, and that you would be what he told you to be. Anything less than that, then you're just pretending. God sent me up here to tell you about his son. He didn't call me up here for me. He called me up here for him. I came up here to tell you all about a boss that I know, about a man. And my only desire is that you all ride for him. That's it, in a nutshell. Some of you has been here since Easter Sunday. Some of you has been here since day one. Some of you, this may be your very first Sunday, but my message will never change. Give your life to Christ and you ride for him all out. Not just a little bit, not, with your, not leading your faith around in a nice little circle because that's safe. I'm talking about jerking the head stall off. Don't give him the reins. Give him the whole head stall. Saddle up and ride. It'll be the greatest thing you ever did in your life. You will not find fulfillment. You will not find happiness. You will not find contentment. You will not find purpose unless you do that. And then you will find him. This cowboy message about Jesus Christ that I told you about, you have heard, maybe for the first time, just now. And I'm not just talking about to the older people, the parents, the grandparents. I'm talking to you younger kids too. Come talk to some of us. Talk to some of these you know, 40-year-olds and then come talk to a 25-year-old and I'll tell you. I wasted a lot of years. I didn't truly start living until I gave my life to Christ. Not just my heart. I didn't just say, well, I believe in Jesus. No. I said, you know what? I'm going to prove it by the way I live. I didn't say I live perfectly. I said I live for Jesus Christ. This cowboy message about Christ that I told you about, you have heard. Because of what you have heard, you now want to ride for Jesus' outfit. Some of you saddled up, and some of you are like this. I mean, you're real close. You snug that cinch up, man, and you're, you're, you're wanting to. And some of you, boy, you, you saddled up, but you left your, your pony tied to the hitching post. That's some of your faith right now. Untie that sucker. Jerk that head stall off. Say, God, lead me, and I'll go wherever it is, however it is, how fast it is, how rough it is, to mountaintops and 
mountain valleys. Does that make sense? I don't know. Because you ride for Jesus, you will live forever in a place where there are no misses and there are no falls. Hang on, cowboy. I had a guy just try to get saved right here because he thought that no misses meant his wife wouldn't be there. No, your wife will be there. Okay. Your wife is probably trying to get you there. God, that was funny and I wasted it. (laughs) Because you ride for Jesus, you will live forever with no misses and no falls in a place of perfection. And it's not right now. It's after we cross over that final hill. But just because we can't see those that have crossed over that final hill, and just because when we ride over that final hill, that nobody will be able to see us, Jesus is waiting for us on the other side, and that's whenever he opens the gate and says, come on in, cowboy. We've been needing somebody like you. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, cowboy. The other day I went to Casper, Wyoming. I don't know what I expected, but all I seen was wind and rocks about this big floating in the air, or flying through the air. That's the windiest place I've ever been in my life. You got to be tough to be from Wyoming. But I went up there with Trevor and, and we were driving down the road and I said, you know what, Trevor? I said, I, I need a new adventure. I'm not talking about leaving or anything like that. I just, yeah, I make my life with, I, I make a living with my stories and, and stuff like that. And, and I just, I want to have a new adventure. I said, you got any ideas? He said, yeah, I do. I said, what is it? He said, this is what I think we should do. Let's go to Australia and let's tour some of those cattle stations, those big old ranches down in Australia, saddle up, fill a hole, we'll go ride with those fellas, and we'll do all of this stuff, and then we will, Cactus Feeders has a barge made into a feedlot where them cattle, they ship cattle all over the world on a floating feedlot, and we'll ride that back to the United States. And I said, yes, that is, that is something to do right there. So I came home and told my wife, I said, honey, I said, you never guess what, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to Australia, I'm going to ride on some of them cattle stations, and I'm going to ride the cactus feeders barge back. She goes, so you're going to ride the cowboat back? And I said, yes, I'm going to ride the cowboat back. She goes, you're stupid. I said, you don't have to go. She goes, oh no, I'm going to Australia, but I'm flying back. <laughs> you're going to think I'm joking. When we're on the, that we talked about the cactus feeders and going to Australia all the way up there. And on the way back, I said, what else should we do, Trevor? He goes, we ought to go to the Parker Ranch in Australia. Not Australia, Hawaii. He said, we ought to go to the Parker Ranch in Hawaii or one of them ranches and just see what it's like. I was like, yeah, man, that sounds cool. You're going to think I'm joking. The next day around 2 o'clock, I checked my email. I waited as long as I could. I checked my email and there was two. One from a lady named Bray Wells in T-I-L-P-A-D-A. I don't know how you say it. Tilpada, 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 I don't know. From Tilpada, Australia, and she said, is there any way that we can start a cowboy church down here because it's three hours to the closest church, and I've been watching your messages online, and can we show that in the community hall up here? It's in New South Wales, Australia. It's a, a farming and ranching community. There is six people that live in Tilpada, but there's over like 500 that live, you know, in the surrounding communities. So I think starting in February, Save the Cowboys is going to have a church in Australia. Why? Because that's how big God is. And you know what? I told the board two weeks ago what my plans for 2014 are. And I want to let y'all in on those plans. Romans 10, 13 through 15. Not the simplified cowboy version, the real deal. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the Scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers that bring the good news. And folks, I told you all a long time ago, 
that God is going to do amazing things in Kiowa, Colorado, but not just in Kiowa, Colorado. He's going to do amazing things in Tilpeta, Australia. He's going to do mighty things in, in uh, Wyoming. We're going to start these line camps. We're broadcasting on the internet right now, and people are going to show these in their communities. We are not going to allow anybody any excuse for not hearing the Word of God. And if you like what God has said through me, we're going to take that message and we're going to take it all the way across the country. Not about Kevin Weatherby, not about Save the Cowboy, but about Jesus Christ. Why? Because God told us to. But I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not just me that's going to do it. It's going to be every single one of y'all in some form or fashion are going to have a part to play in this outreach. When somebody told, uh, I think it was Nathaniel in the Bible, that they had found the Messiah, the one who would save everybody, and he is from Nazareth. Somebody said, what good can come out of Nazareth? Well, I guarantee you, there's going to be people that say, what good can come out of Kiowa, Colorado? You know what, well, we got about 300 people that are saddled up here today, and we're going to be looking for more. And we're going to take this message to the ends of the earth. We are going to fill a hole in this world, we are going to tell them about the only man that can fill a hole in your heart. We are not going to be a church that just sits here on Sunday mornings and pats ourselves on the back because we went to church on Sunday morning. No, we are going to saddle up and we are going to go out there. We are not just going to turn our siren on and, and expect the cattle to come to us. We are going to saddle up and we're going to go to the backside of every country, every nation in this entire world, and we're going to tell people about Jesus Christ. Not for our glory, but for His. And I've got a question for y'all only sitting here. Not y'all out there on the internet. Not y'all listening on the radio. I've got a question for y'all. Are you ready? Thank you. Next week, we're going to talk about being excited about being ready. <laughs> Golly! Folks listening on the internet, they're a lot better than what they seem right now. I promise you. Are you ready? Yes! You've got a part to play, guys. I'm telling you. A lot of you have been looking for your purpose. I'm giving it to you now. Giving it to you. If you're man enough, if you're woman enough, if you're cowboy enough, if you're cowgirl enough, if you're tough enough to ride for this brand, I'm asking every single person in here to come along beside me. And let's take this gospel message to the world. Now, to y'all watching on the internet right now, you're sitting in your homes more than likely, and you're watching us. Do not be in your homes alone. Invite somebody else into your home so that they can hear this message. Not about Kevin Weatherby, not about Save the Cowboy, but about Jesus Christ because you're watching because it has changed your life and it is your responsibility to change others. Invite people into your homes and whenever your home gets too filled up, go to the local community center, rent a place, show it on a big screen, gather together like Jesus told us to in Hebrews do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And if you're listening on the radio, you are not listening by chance. You are listening because God told you to listen because He has a plan for each and every one of you to start either a message to get out there and tell somebody or do exactly what I've just got through saying. Show it up on your TV screens, home churches. I don't care what it is, but get out there and share the gospel because somebody and I'm talking to everybody now. It is not your responsibility to make sure that somebody hears about Jesus Christ. It's not your responsibility, let me change that. It's not your responsibility with how they take it. 
it is your responsibility to go tell them because you are going to have a unique set of circumstances. God is going to put you in a unique position at the perfect time, at the perfect place to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Just like he put me up here to tell some of y'all, God is going to put you in a situation to tell somebody else. And you know what? Their life may depend on it. Let me rephrase that. Their life does depend on it. There is nothing better than riding for that man that rode across to his death for us. There is nothing better. But we're not going to sign on to this outfit. It's not a dude ranch outfit where we just pretend to be Christians. No, this is a working ranch. We are going to saddle up. We are going to cinch up tight. We are not going to take anything with us except the love and mercy and grace of Jesus Christ. And we're going to go out to the backside of this entire world and we're going to tell people that they too can ride for Him. And we're going to gather and we're going to gather and we're going to gather until the day we die or Jesus comes riding back. Because you know what? In Revelations it says that He's riding back on a white horse. So tell me God don't love cowboys. And we'll either be waiting for Him whenever He shows up or we'll be riding behind Him when He comes back. Some of you are hearing it. Some of you is feeling it. Can you feel God tugging on you, mashing on you a little bit? That's the love of God telling you to repent, saddle up, and ride for Him. <laughs> now, if you didn't get something out of that, amigos, you've either lost your mind, lost your way, or lost your sense of humor. Maybe all three. Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby again. You know, I just wanted to say thanks for y'all coming, sitting with us for a spell. If you'd like to find out more about Save the Cowboy, just type in savethecowboy.com into that fancy computer or smartphone of yours and you'll be riding with us faster than a catch a dog lined out on a maverick. And we'll see y'all next time. Adios. I'd like to thank my good friends at Integrity Auto Repair for their help in making this radio ministry possible. And their name says it all, Integrity Auto. If you're ever in Kiowa, Colorado, go by and see Jim and Kelly Gerald and tell them Save the Cowboy sent you.